The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Bobby Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And it doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Spent some time last night with the wonderful folks. Right to life in Michigan, Macomb County. Had about 500 people there. Had a fella coming in from Canada talking about not assisted suicide, euthanasia. And how it just expands from the idea that it's just going to be a few limited circumstances of people in unendurable pain, very near death, to pretty much whatever you sort of decide is unbearable in your life. It's frightening the way he talked about it. And I saw the parallels happening here in the U.S. and the States. Know what it is, dear people. It's not a matter of somebody saying, I just wanna I just wanna end it because I'm going to die in two months anyway. I'm miserable, I'm in unbelievable pain. It's not that's not most of it. Most of it is I'm lonely because of my afflictions, or they even talked about a couple of veterans who were diagnosed with post traumatic stress disorder and they went to get help at the VA, and the VA recommended, have you thought about suicide? We can help. Anyway, had my eyes open. As much as I knew about this stuff, it was frightening. But I want to thank those folks there for allowing me to be part of it. This is The Doctor Is In. It's the name of the program. Phone call. I am just a call away. Well, Ten numbers away. 877-573-7825. Now I can hear a collective perfect. Count how many times you talk to somebody and give them any kind of information about yourself and they tell you you're perfect. Perfect. Go to a restaurant. Yeah, I'd like the uh, pie with a uh, side of coffee, please. Perfect. Uh, my name, Gurendi, G-U-A-R-E-N-D-I. Perfect. Uh, you can put this on my credit card. Perfect. Well, my appointment then is, is what time? It's 1 o'clock. I'll be there. Perfect. Yes, perfect is the new affirmation, I guess. Well, our Lord does say you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, but I'm not sure that's exactly what he meant. 877 equal. Perfect. If you have a question about something in your life, someone in your life, something that's befuddling you, 
something that's frustrating you, something that's saying, I wish it weren't this way. Stop it. Make it go away. Make it quit. I'm a psychologist. That's what I do professionally. On the radio, I can educate, give a few thoughts, a few ideas. We can stick our heads together. If you're calling in about a kid, well, you know, that little five-year-old may be smarter than you, and he may be smarter than me, but he's probably not smarter than both of us. And even if he is smarter than both of us, you control everything. That gives you an enormous number of IQs, uh, practically speaking, over and above him. You know, my brother just texted me something. There's a running back for the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb. Chubb is a a very skilled running back, and he sent me the picture of the injury that that man had, and I'm, I'm hurting for him. I'm truly, truly hurting for him. I mean, he's most definitely out for the year, but it's one of those things that were... Could be the end of his career, and he's a young man. I don't know much about his personal life, but it's it's kind of funny how that is. You know, every every piece of hurt somewhere somehow comes to your attention, or at least a lot of them. Eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. We adopted our daughter, Mary, when she was two. Her given name was Twamishia. And I told the adoption worker, said, that's uh, Aramaic, I believe, for uh, Mary. Adoption worker said, really? I said, yeah, I think so. I'm not sure about that, but I think so. And Mary was the half-sibling of James, whose name given was Jamez. We had had the opportunity to adopt James because an interesting thing was happening at the time. This was back in the, oh, let's see, James, odd carrier 6, minus 3, minus 4, plus plus, plus 5, add 6, power 10. This was just on the immediate aftermath of a federal, uh, I don't know if it was a law, Probably HHS, Health and Human Services, essentially said if there are children in foster care and someone of another race wishes to adopt them, you can't stop it. If it's an appropriate placement, you can't stop it because they're black and the adoptive potential parents are white. So there were a number of children released from Columbiana County foster care. Not Columbiana, sorry, Cuyahoga County, Cleveland foster care we heard about little james he was one of the few left adoption worker called us and told us about him so i went up there and uh, while we were doing the interview process the adoption worker says well he has a little half sister and little mary was a half sister so this was this was a little uh, you know bogo buy one get one free well mary had a very how shall we say turbulent experience womb environment was not good and there were two years where she was in various situations mary was struggling to overcome a lot of that bad start well we got mary and she realized for whatever the reason this is one of those kid quirks she liked to cut clothes discovered that when we noticed some clothes were being cut well we made it 
very hard for her to cut clothes. We put things where she couldn't get them. Well, she wasn't dumb. She realized she had teeth. And so she could bite clothes and tug and rip them. Hmm. Well, we weren't going to replace all those clothes, for heaven's sake. Couldn't catch her all the time. And then she realized her siblings had clothes. Huh. What do you know? Like a buffet. A clothier buffet. We would go to church, and some of those clothes would be worn. I mean, they weren't. Well, let me put it this way. This was before all the torn clothes was cool. Now, heavens, Mary's tearing of clothes was slight compared to what the average teenage girl wears with the major league tears in it that you can't tear yourself, of course. You have to have the professionals tear your clothes. You can't just tear them yourself. You know a culture is way, way, way too rich when they have to take stuff and make it look ruinous, disheveled. After one mass, little old Italian lady came over to us and she shook my hand and in her hand was something that felt like a cigarette. It was a rolled up $10 bill. And she said to me very sweetly, buy the children some clothes. Now, when we had adopted Mary, that, that at that point, we had nine kids. And uh, let's see, Mary came in. They were all under uh, 10, 10, 10, 11, all under 10, 11. So you can imagine what we look like traipsing into mass. We needed a whole pew and then some. And my wife and I couldn't exactly sit in between all the kids. There were going to be kids left out of arm's reach, which is not good in mass or in mass. So we went out after Mass, and I said to my wife, I said, uh, there was a, an Italian woman there, a little, little older woman, who uh, gave us $10 to buy the kids' clothes. And my wife, being far more proper than I am, said, Ray, you can't keep that. Give it back. I said, honey, she's gone. She's gone. And I knew I was going to wait to tell you till she was gone, because I knew if she was here, you'd say, go over there and give it to her back. I said, but we got a problem. She said, what's that? I said, well, okay, we, we went to 4 o'clock vigil mass, and she's there. But what happens if she's not there and she's going to go to mass on Sunday? So maybe I should leave her some envelopes just on the edge of the pew, Grandy Clothing Fund, something like that. She did this a couple more times, and I thought it was incredibly charitable of me to essentially say, well, if she wants to be that good about it, that's, that's great. That's really good. <clears throat> well, something happened to, to, to twist my uh, generous spirit. On Christmas Eve, a woman came up to us and shook my hand and had three cigarettes in it. Well, they weren't cigarettes. They were rolled up $100 bills, $300 bills, because she wanted us to get the kids Christmas presents. 
And the way she did it was clear she wanted to be generous, and I couldn't say, oh, no, 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 here, you just take these back. So I told my wife, if that little Italian Catholic lady tries to get away with just giving us 10 bucks, she's going to get a piece of my mind. That's it. She can't go any higher than that. I've got donators that are doing 30 times what she's given. Well, I didn't have to do that because she apparently never gave any more because well, we started sewing up Mary's clothes. So what happens when you got a whole bunch of kids and you know you got to roll with it? you got to roll with it. 877-573-7825. Lots of calls up there, and I want to talk to all of you. So thank you for your patience beforehand. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. I said to the churches one day, what do you think you're going to look like in heaven? Oh, some of them had absolutely magnificent ideas. I didn't think of one of them. So I got desperate because then my turn came. I didn't know what to say. And so in desperation, I said, what do you think I'll wear in heaven? And they all said with one voice, armor. (laughs) EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. This program is brought to you in part by MyLifeAngels.com. MyLifeAngels provides peace of mind by notifying you the moment a loved one enters an emergency room. Right on your smartphone, you'll have instant access to everything needed, including all legal documents, to ensure you are empowered to protect their life-affirming wishes. MyLifeAngels also alerts hospital ER staff with critical medical information and emergency contacts. More information at MyLifeAngels.com. This Ave Maria program is brought to you by the following. Weaving its way through the heart of the Holy Land is a well-worn path that once felt the footsteps of our biblical faith heroes, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, and Jesus. From sponsored TVN with host David Friedman and Mike Pompeo comes a sacred journey of hope along Route 60, the biblical highway. In theaters September 18th and 19th, it's Route 60, the biblical highway. Information at route60.movie. That's route60.movie. Well, Ruth did it. Most people don't. The vast majority don't. If they send me an email and I ask, can you please call the program? I can ask some questions. I can kind of flesh out and give you a give you a few few thoughts that might be a little more on target if I can ask a couple of probing that's the word you gotta use when you're a psychologist, probing questions. So Ruth did. She said, All right, I'll take you up on that. Hi Ruth. Me? Yes, ma'am. Um, How are you? Uh I'm good. I'm uh I hope that you're good too, with all those children that you have. <laughs> well, I was twitching for for several years, but I, I think the twitch has subsided now. They're they're mostly grown. You're you're a pro, yes. Yeah. My question is about my daughter. 
um, she married a, a, a young man who was not Catholic, uh, but the, he did come over and he wanted to receive the sacraments. Um, and that was about um, 17 years ago. And after that, a while, she went into the service for eight years, and he was home with us. And he started just uh, stopping, stopping going to church, and he stopped receiving, and he started telling me that he didn't believe in the Blessed Mother. So, you know, I thought he was going through some kind of a, some kind of a, I don't know, separation from his home or from church and for what he was believing in, maybe because my daughter was in the service and she was like in harm's way. Or, I don't know. After that, she came home and um, she went to work and we had a great relationship. He he said, I will never go to church again, but he never told me why. Uh, and then um, she had her first child and she was baptized. After that, uh, when I spoke to them, because the girls, well, they were growing, and I expected her being a Catholic, profound Catholic, and all my children, that she would start taking them to church and have them baptized. She had the first one baptized, and after that, they, she ne- never went to church again, and the girls Did you talk to her about baptized. this? Ruth, did you talk to I her did. about this? I did, and, and she said she that it, her husband was the head of the house, he had the right to decide mm-hmm. where his daughters were going to be taught and what. And he didn't believe in the Blessed Virgin. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Um, she was going to respect him. And I had well, to have Let's summarize him. it. Let's summarize it. He just doesn't want to have anything to do with the Catholic faith anymore. And she went along. Yes. Okay. And I thought that that was not her part to do that because she was born and raised a Catholic. Well, it's and her I, part to do. Ruth, wait. It's her part to do anything she wants. It's not that it's necessarily good, and it's not that it's uh, not risky to her soul, but right. she can do whatever she wants. Now, have you stopped seeing them, or have they said, don't come over here? Um, she said she came over a couple of months ago after four years, and she said to me, you have to stop. Wait, wait. Cause... After four years, you hadn't seen her for four years? Yes. Wow. I, could, I spoke to her a lot. But I had not seen her. Ooh. They live in California. I live in Clarksville. Well, even they if that, they don't come they, over. Okay, they just don't want to visit you, and he doesn't talk to you at all. Well, he used to, and he stopped somehow because right. uh, I would say the little they girls. They don't like the way you be Catholic. That's right. And then my worry is, I'm seventy ready, and and I thought that my duty was to speak about Jesus and speak about Mary and speak about the not, church. Not when they throw it back in your face. Not when they tell mm-hmm. you, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Well, what is Jesus going to say to me when I no, look at his see, face? Like, now, I knew you were going to say this. So here's what you're saying. You're saying, I got to keep approaching the subject because if I don't, the Lord's going to hold me accountable. Right? Yes. Okay. Are you familiar with what our Lord said when he sent out the disciples two by two. And he said, talk about the faith, heal the sick, cast out demons, Mm -hmm. go to a house that accepts you and stay there. But if they don't want to hear what you have to say, what did he tell them to do? Just uh, take the dirt off your feet. Yeah, that was a rabbinic way of saying, that's it. 
That's it. You want to hear yeah. it? I'm done. You're not. But as a mother, we always have a responsibility for a child. Well, you had that responsibility. You raised her for 20 years. You did it. Don't I have a responsibility for my grandchildren a little bit? No, not if they don't let you. Oh. No. If they, if it's, it's in essence, what they've done is they said, look, we don't hear any more about this Catholic stuff. Hmm. And furthermore, we really don't like the way you're Catholic. I mean, we could probably tolerate you if you were just kind of a marginal, lukewarm sort of Catholic that kind of followed the culture's ways and thought the way the culture thinks. But you don't, Mom. So therefore, first of all, you are not allowed, not allowed to talk Catholic. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to say anything. We will not tolerate, because we're so tolerant, you having any beliefs of your own. That's That's what they're saying. So... When they've made it so clear, your best move is just to have the best relationship you can have with them and avoid the Catholic stuff. Avoid it. You're not under okay. any moral obligation. Well, they don't, they don't well, want to hear it. I thought that God would not be pleased with that action. Wait, well, okay. Are you saying, for example, I know a whole boatload of people who don't even believe in God. Are you saying that I need to keep telling them all the time when they don't want to hear it, when they get hostile and angry, am I obligated morally to tell them, hey, you know, I got to tell you more about this? Oh, okay. I thought that maybe once in a while I should say something. No, I wouldn't. Okay. You got to let that relationship heal. And the only way it's going to heal is if you simply be a mom and you pray for them as you do. I know you do. That's why I don't say pray for them, because you do. And hopefully your daughter, at some point, will start thinking about, maybe moved by the grace of God, to come back to the way she was raised. But it's interesting how she put it. He's the head of the household. Well, if there's a God, God is the head of the household over and above the husband who says, you can't go to church. You can't raise our kids Catholic, even though he agreed to. So mm-hmm. he went back mm-hmm. on his commitment. That's I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened yeah. to him. But I do know this, Ruth. His culture is like a belt sander. It's so good at immediately taking away the beliefs that someone was raised with. Uh-huh. That's right. You're right. It's true, sweetheart. It's true. That's right. And, right. and I thank you for those words because it helps me. It helps me. I was not decided. I didn't know what to do. I was yeah. like back and forth. No, no, no. Your soul is not in jeopardy because somebody says, I don't want to hear it at all. Don't talk about it. You just make me mad. Your soul's not in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. You're simply doing what they're forcing upon you. Thank you, dear. Thank okay. you for the call. Um, okay. I, that was going to be a look back call. I uh, I spent a lot of time on that. It's the old, I feel guilty because I'm not living up to my moral obligation to continue to press upon someone who absolutely doesn't want to hear it. Now, I'm not talking about people who are not resistant or who are somewhat open or are indifferent. I'm talking about people who flat out say, get your stupid, ugly beliefs out of my face. And there's a lot of that out there. 
And the irony is, I guarantee you, well, I don't guarantee you, I semi-guarantee you, that folks like that who say we pride ourselves on our tolerance simply do not allow you to have the beliefs that you have. They can't say, well, I think your beliefs are ridiculous, but, you know, I respect your right to have them. No, 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 no. No, we're going to we're going to write you off. We're going to shut you down because you are simply not allowed to think a certain way in my tolerance. 877 57 Sanctity is not an outgrowth of a person's political opinions. Sainthood is about the demonstration of heroic virtue, and that has virtually nothing to do with a person's politics. Not all political views are equally good, but whatever your political view, you can be a saint. Because being a saint doesn't mean that you have all your intellectual opinions perfectly formed. It means you have been purged of disordered self-love, and you have put on Christ. The late Cardinal George used to say, the church is not conservative or liberal. The church is Catholic. Dorothy Day, was she conservative or liberal? Oscar Romero, conservative or liberal? St. John Paul II, conservative or liberal? We have a different agenda, even when it comes to the social order. But our primary agenda is sainthood. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Rochelle. Some great people have shown respect for God. Can I read you a little quotation from Albert Einstein, who many times showed a great respect for religion and was one of the great admirers of Pope Pius XII for his stand against the Holocaust during the Second World War. Einstein wrote, The fairest thing we can experience is the mysterious is the fundamental emotion that stands at the cradle of all true art and science. A knowledge of the existence of something we can't penetrate, of the manifestations of the profoundest reason and the most radiant beauty, which are only accessible to our minds in the most elementary form. It is this knowledge and this emotion that constitute the truly religious attitude. Oh my, so beautifully said. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Massaging your IQ, raising you into the red zone. Dr. Ray Grant, thanks for joining me. Lily from Colorado has a, an interesting circumstance here with one of her friends playing the system. Hi, Lily. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Okay. Here's what I know. You got a friend in an eight-year marriage. Her husband converted to Catholicism. They got some complicated finances. So husband says, let's get a divorce so we can get out of financial debt. Then we'll get remarried again. 
Yes. Is she agreeable? No, she don't like the idea, and it's actually her grown son. I was in a previous marriage, and, you know, it took him forever to get the annulment from her previous marriage so they could get their marriage blessed in the church, and they recently just did that, like, three months ago. And now this debt has come up. She co-signed for him. He dropped out of college, refuses to pay it back. And her husband is, they've notified the wife. She's a housewife, so she doesn't have any income coming in. And he said, absolutely not. We're not paying this debt, and I'm going to avoid that by, you know, taking your name off the mortgage, for one, because I don't want them to put a lien or force us to sell the house, etc. And the only way to do that, and I said, well, refinance. And she said, we talked about that. No, because the interest rates are too high. I said, well, get a job and you pay it because you co-signed, right? You knew the responsibilities of being a co-signer. She goes, exactly. But he says, no, it's his responsibility and he has to pay it back. I go, well, you can't force him. He's not going to. So to me, I'm like, Ray, he's throwing away your relations your marriage away for seventy six thousand dollars what if she said i'm not i'm not going to cooperate what if she said i'm not going to cooperate in this divorce she said he didn't have a choice she didn't have a choice he did it online he made it to where she you know she she he doesn't have to pay her alimony um, the agreement is she can live in the house for a year. Um, there's a spare bedroom. Wait, wait, wait. Um, he's, wait a minute. he's already got a divorce? Yeah, apparently he already uh, did this online, and he clicked uh, the E uh, sign for her, is what well, she told me. Well, that's fraudulent. Exactly, and that's what I said. So for one thing, he just, yeah, he's he's going about this all wrong and, and, and against the beliefs is for one thing, too. And then well, he apparently, to play apparently they're not against his beliefs. <laughs> no. What is she going to do about this? What, what, a divorce it, to begin what, what is she going to do? What is she going to do about this? I, she, I, to me, she sounds so naive. She wants me to call my priest and ask if she could still take the Eucharist. That's her biggest concern, is can I still take the Eucharist? I said, Ray, it's more than that. Well, you can't just uh, play house. Obviously, obviously. He's, he's going to live there. It, it, it's, it's, it's rife with all kinds of moral implications. What is interesting here is that... It's, boy, I, I, you know, I can't know here, Lily. I'm not a lawyer. I can't know what the details are. I can't know exactly what kind of terms that somehow, some way uh, that he, I, boy, I, I'm confused on this totally. Um, I guess what I would do is I would speak with her if you can. I mean, obviously, here's the thing, Lily. You can't do anything that she doesn't want to do. You can give her every opportunity and she'll say, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, I can't do that. No, that won't work. He won't let me do that. That's what you've been hearing, right? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. So what she's saying is, I'm going to cooperate. 
I'm going to do what he says. Which is fascinating because I think she'd best talk to a priest because she's, she's playing fast and loose with the marriage bond, it would seem, just from what you've described. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing that this just, I'm just curious about this is that apparently for 76 grand, this man who converted to Catholicism, and now this is the second call in a row we've gotten like this, where you got these spouses who convert to Catholicism and then decide they're tired of it. I've seen this so much. So I think I think maybe she needs to really think about how much she's going to morally cooperate with all this. The other issue is the fraudulence if he signed her name that's that's wild and and if he's going to somehow do some financial trickery to get out of the 76 grand. So I think she just definitely needs some moral guidance. And if she doesn't go, she says, no, I'm not going to go, then perhaps she's just so afraid of losing this guy that she'll do whatever he says. Yeah, that's what's weird to me is that they were. she was ready to leave him because of some infidelity that she had found he'd been doing for two years. And... um he was willing to get some help through their church, and their deacon was working with them, and then also trying to get this annulment from her previous marriage. But she also had moved out of the house and moved with her grown daughter for a while. So this is something, you know, Lily, this is something that has a history to it. It's complex, uh, and there's just a whole bunch of dynamics going on. In that situation, this this isn't as simple as yeah. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, I found a financial loophole. See, here's what we do: we'll get divorced, and then somehow this seventy six grand will get washed away, and then we'll get back together again. Uh, it sounds like this marriage has been bouncing for quite a while. Am I wrong? That's what I said. I said, what if this mm-hmm. is just his way mm-hmm. out too? Well, yeah. Well, for seventy six grand, he wants out. You know, who knows? I know. I just All right. think. Well, you you need to you need to accept your helplessness. You need to accept your helplessness. You can't fix it if she doesn't want to change. And she's like my like mentor with like we do our studying together with Yeah, well then you better help her help her understand what she's studying. Well, she's doing catechism for kids, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Ray, you're just her name. Well, our faith is really something we want until it becomes inconvenient. It's kind of the way it is. Thanks, Lily. Thank you for the call. This is Dr. Ray. Appreciate the company. Try to get to, to you. But what people, we, we just have such a hard time when somebody is doing something stupid and foolish and self-destructive and they don't want to change. We have such a hard time accepting our helplessness. Maybe it's because I'm a shrink. And maybe it's because so many of the people that come to me really aren't going to change that I've gotten used to it. But for most people, there's a small handful of folks in their lives that they think they want to change, even though these people are saying, no, no, I'm just going to do it this way, no matter what you say. (laughs) I'm used to being helpless. I have children.
Why should we do no work on the Sabbath as the third commandment demands? The Catholic Catechism reminds us that in six days the Lord God made the heavens and the earth and the seas and all that is in them. On the seventh day he rested, thereby blessing and hallowing the Sabbath. The Sabbath is also a memorial of Israel's liberation from Egypt. The Sabbath is a sign of God's irrevocable covenant with Israel. Thus, the day is to be set apart as holy and for the praise of God, his work of creation, and his saving action on behalf of Israel. God set a model for human action. If the Almighty Creator could take a day off for rest and refreshment, so should his creatures. For Christians, Sunday replaces Sabbath observance because it is the day Jesus rose from the dead and ushered in the new creation. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Suffering in the world, personal suffering. One of the biggest things that keeps people from really giving themselves over to the Lord or joining an organized religion. Suffering doesn't seem to make sense. Why do children suffer? Why are there wars? Why is there persecution? Why are some people poor, others rich? Why is there such an imbalance? And on and on and on. A loving God wouldn't do that. Well, God doesn't do that. First of all, we did it to ourselves because in the beginning, right, we chose incorrectly. And then sin came into the world. It was not supposed to be like this, but God gives us free will. He does not want to force himself on us because otherwise we would be puppets. But how many of us can look back and forget what came out of a particular hard time? You don't learn really good, strong lessons when everything is going great. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Feel like I'm on a horse. Walking out over the New Mexico Badlands. I don't know if you can say Badlands anymore. It's kind of judgmental. I think you need to say unacceptable lands. Inappropriate lands. Mistakes were made lands. You can't say bad lands. It's so judgmental. So judgmental. Well, five years ago, I never got a single call on this topic. Five years ago, this was not something on the radar of virtually all psychologists mental health people, doctors. Now, pretty much everybody knows somebody, however tangentially, who is deciding they're in the wrong body. Hi, Cole, how are you? This is Dr. Ray. Good, Dr. Ray, how are you? How old is this brother-in-law? He is 20 years old. Yeah, that's the prime age for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yep, he's a college student right now, and um, yeah, he's decided in the last couple months that he is going to move forward with uh, transitioning. You talking surgery? Um, We're... We're kind of hearing this indirectly, um, so he has not spoken to me or my wife about it. It's her brother, um, but kind of through um, her parents and 
her other brother, we've heard that he's planning to start hormone therapy. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if that means surgery at some point in the future, but, um, yeah, right now he's, he's going to pursue hor- hormone therapy from what we've heard. He's deliberately avoiding his sister. Yes. Because he knows how she views this morally. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, where are his parents with this? Um, they're not in agreement with it either. Um, so they have taken him off of their insurance um, and kind of putting him on his own if he's going to choose to move forward with it. Well, I think if you're going to raise any questions about it, you're going to have to go through the parents. There's a couple of things you could share with them. Uh, There is research indication that with uh, hormone transitional therapy, the mortality ends up being three times. Um, So in other words, it's dangerous to do this to the human body. Yep. You might want to look up the study in Sweden, perhaps to share with the parents. Maybe they could share with him. There's a study done in Sweden of several thousand post-sex reassignment surgeries 10 years later. And the suicide rate among those was 32%. 20 times the suicide rate nationally in Sweden. Yeah, so, yep. I, I know we're aware of those studies. Um, I guess my main question is how do we approach this with our... Um, we have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old son. Um, how, do we, how do we approach this? How do we talk to them? Well, you might not have subject? to. Cole, <laughs> you might not have to for a yeah. while, <laughs> especially yep. with a five-year-old, because unless this brother-in-law decides to come around and decides to say, you need to exactly address me as I want to be addressed, you need to recognize that I am now, uh, for all intents and purposes, proclaiming myself a female, that's when you can explain this to your 10-year-old. The five-year-old is kind of going to be oblivious. He's not going to understand it. But at that point, at this point, it looks like it's going to be an academic thing because it doesn't sound like he's even going to come around you, does he? Um, he does not come around as much as he used to, so we might see him two or three times in the next year. Mm-hmm. And when you do, and the, if he's getting hormonal replacement, w- will he cross-dress too? So to say, therefore, there's no denying it now. It's uh, in your face, and you have to accept it, and your kids have to accept it. Would he do that? Or no, he would just come over, uh, and he would not say, you need to call me this, you need to use this pronoun, because now I'm on a hormonal journey. Or would he just quietly keep it to himself around your children? So the last couple times we've seen him, it's kind of started with painting nails and earrings and um, kind of that smaller stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like he's picked a name. I don't know if he's asked anybody else to start addressing him by that, and I think we would probably be on the back end of that. Okay. Well, if it becomes obvious, um, and he comes over, 
under whatever circumstances, and your 10-year-old, boy or girl? Boy. Says, what, what, what is he doing, Dad? What, what is he doing? You can explain to him. You can say, well, he thinks that he's a woman. Huh? I know. I'm confused too, son. I don't understand it either, son. But sometimes people get ideas in their heads, and they want to they wanna follow through on them. And that's what he's doing. That's, that's what I would, I would say to him. I'd say that uh, he is um, confused about who he is. I think your son okay. at age 10 will go, well, wow, I don't understand that at all, Dad. That doesn't make any sense. So and you can say, well, son, I, I personally agree with you. But we, we can't stop him to uh, doing what he what he's doing. Yep. I'm getting a call here. Let's see. I'm just looking at this. Uh, listening to your call with Cole. Make sure you talk to your children about this before your schools. Well, that's very true. Uh, that's that's yeah. And we're we're in our Catholic school system, so hopefully that will help the school not push anything on him. But yeah, yeah. You never well, know. So you never know. That's right. And you never know individual teachers. It may not be the school district's right. policy or the school's policy, but individual teachers may decide it's their duty to open up your eight-year-old's mind. Yes, I know. Um, so I'm telling parents, you better be vigilant. It, and it'll, it's interesting because the most vigilant need to be the religious parents, the ones who are trying to raise their children with a set of moral values that they believe are given by God. Other parents who are lukewarm or marginal or even nothing regarding religion, uh, this still bothers most of them. It does. It's it, it's confusing to kids, very much so. Um, I, I saw a statistic, Cole, uh, was, I forget how many years back, 0.01% of, and I forget the age range, claimed gender confusion among adolescents especially girls it's now two percent mm-hmm. so that's an increase of what uh 200 times yep yeah so yeah i think they're you're going to be facing this and i think if you explain to your your son that uh he thinks this is this is what he thinks and if you say to yourself i think he's confused about this and you can tell your you can tell your son that you don't have to yeah. say. You don't have to say. Well, we need to just uh, say this is wonderful because we realize it's a risk. It is a risk, in a lot of respects. Thank you. Thank you, yep. Cole. I appreciate it, sir. This is Doctor Ray. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the Book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. What is going to happen to the number of people living alone into their 80s and 90s? 
I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. For various reasons, the number of seasoned saints in their 80s and 90s is climbing fast. Within this decade, the first baby boomers will turn 80. Gray divorce is a thing. And of course, there is the reality of our mortality. As expected, more females will enter their 80s and 90s alone. These statistics are sobering, but they don't have to be depressing. Some like living alone. Many of us have family nearby. But the stats show that families and public policy will be affected greatly by this demographic shift. So what can we do? Plan ahead. Honestly assess your health and abilities and make adjustments, even to your home. Embrace technology to help you on this journey. Build community with your family, friends, and in your parish. And remember, Jesus is always with us. It's a promise. For more, look for the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Last minute, quick announcement. Billings, Montana. Next week, we're taping the TV show Monday and Tuesday. Go to BillingsCatholicRadio.com to sign up. Love to have you be in the audience. This is an EWTN program in season number 13, Living Right with Dr. Ray. Fill up that audience. Right now, we still got room. We still got some room. You can come to one, two, three, four. You can bring all the kids. Be wonderful to have you billingscatholicradio.com if you will not get on this program you're first up next time you call that's the way it is Denver Colorado Dave hello Dave how you doing Dr. Ray all righty sir your daughter's back home huh yeah she had a a brief stint where she ran away on us where'd she go scared us pretty good where'd she go Uh, it's a few Probably friends' houses in town. Did the We're parents not exactly call you? Sure. Did the parents no. call you? No. Nice, nice parents. <laughs> yeah. They're rescuing yeah, so. your daughter, Dave. That's right, man. Your daughter gave them horror stories about you and your wife, and uh, so they just quietly kept her there. They didn't call you and say, "Hey." You're probably worried sick. Your daughter is here. They didn't do that, did they? No, they didn't. Oh, interesting. You know who these uh, some people are? Some of the friends are? might have been adult age, too. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Do you know who these people are? Yeah, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want I I to got my daughter what? talked back into coming home. Yeah, what are you going to do if she and... runs away again? Well, there we are. So she's 17 at the beginning of the senior year of high school. Mm. We rely on her to drive our other son to high school. We're scared she's going to leave again. And now that she's back, I feel like me and my wife have lost a lot of control over... uh, You better just do what she says, Dave. You better just do what she says. (laughs) Well, I can't. I'm a regular Dr. Ray listener, Uh so I'm Uh bound to not do that. Well, obviously. I mean, this is just a couple minute call obviously you and i if we had a lot of time and you were sitting in my office 
we would talk at great length about the history with this girl, about who's influencing her, about how much social media she's involved in, about how long she's had her smartphone, about how disrespectful she's been the last three years. We would talk about all those things. Uh, what was the recent, now I've only got three minutes, so I'll have to rush you along. What was the recent precipitating event where she said, I can't stand it here, I'm out of here? Uh, she thinks that we all need to go to family therapy because our family's imperfections, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you have rules? Screaming in the house. Yeah, rules. Yeah, she didn't like a lot of the rules. Mm-hmm. And now I just wonder how we got how we're going to move forward with this last year before she's an adult. I understand that she's probably not going to be a big fan of us for some of her young life, but we got to get through this, you know. Well, have you said please don't run away again if you do I have to call the police? Uh, yeah, I think we we've, we've touched on that. That's true. Yep. You touched on it or you told her that's what you're going to do? Oh. I don't know. I have to go back to the go back to the books. Uh, not sure. So, in essence, what you're saying, Dave, is you're you're afraid to be a father and in charge in your own home because of what your daughter could do. Yeah, I'm afraid she'll. You know, at this point, I think she's close to wanting to just move away when she's 18. Fair mm-hmm. enough, but I think she'll do it again. At the beginning of this seventeen-year-old uh, year, you know, if we clamp mm-hmm. down harder. Well, it doesn't sound like you're clamping down at all. Clamp down harder. For example, she ran away. So, are you going to provide her with a car? Well, right now we have her uh, driving to high school with the next sibling down. So, mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. sense, yes. Ah. Oh, and, you yeah. know, that that probably drove some of our decision with the whole thing, too. We're worried about him and getting him to school. And yeah. If I didn't have that, I feel like I'd probably clamp down a lot harder. Is there a bus? Uh, they no, won't, I didn't. <laughs> they won't take it because they're high schoolers and they're not going to be dorky enough to ride the bus. <laughs> mm-hmm. So really, you're kind of afraid your son will do some of the same thing. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, Dave, I can't tell you what to do on the basis of a short radio call. But it sure seems to me that if you're living in fear of your daughter running away again, you need to have a definite plan of what you will do if she does this again. And you also need to have a definite plan of how you're going to retake control of your home. She, I assume, has a smartphone, correct? Yeah, well, that was that was one of her uh, things as part of the whole runaway yeah. thing. Yeah, we weren't going to have one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it. she went out and got one and has it now. You know, mm-hmm. now she's back. Yeah, she's got a smartphone. Uh, sounds like she's out of control. Um, I'm going to run out of time here, Dave. I wish I could give you more, but I might. My suggestion would be sit down with your wife and decide what are we going to do if she pushes this again this is dr ray thanks so much for joining me hate to go but have to walk with god for information on dr ray's presentations books and cds visit dra.com and follow him on facebook
The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.